And welcome to this, the first of our mini-series of Fresh Ears recorded at Media360 in Brighton. I'm Neil Cowling, founder of Fresh Air and Media360 Virgin. As partners of PodPod and producers of branded podcasts, Campaign asked us to come to Brighton and grab conversations with some of the delegates for a special series. Across the coming weeks, we're going to bring you a series of set-piece conversations with brand marketing leaders about their experiences and especially in using audio. However, this first episode features some highlights from sessions as well as insights and reflections that our producer Clara managed to capture with the assorted guests and speakers as they wolf down their coffees and croissants. Hi, I'm Sky from Sky. <laughs> and what kind of work do you do at Sky? So I work for the trade marketing team because uh, we're a media owner, so I sort of do a bit of a mix of marketing, PR, events, um, and and all the in-between. Yeah, all the in-between, <laughs> celebrating our uh, partners' great work, advertisers' great work, so yeah. That's great, and what have you enjoyed most about 360? Were you here yesterday? I was here yesterday. Um, it's just been an awesome mix of really different sort of topics. I, a few highlights were um, the opening session yesterday I absolutely loved about Asda. It was just really... Oh my, I goosebumps the whole way. I know. I was, was like, awesome. Vicky, can I hire you? <laughs> I know. Well, that's, and I, what I loved about it is just like that she is such a creative yeah. and just like kind of getting under the bonnet of that idea because yeah. I saw the advert live, oh, obviously, yeah. on telly, but, but to kind of know the story of how they got to that point yeah. and the insight that led to it. That sounded like a recommendation. So let's hear some of that brilliant opening session from the first day. It's never about the turkey. A superb look back on Asda's Christmas campaign starring Will Ferrell as Elf. Vicky Maguire, the chief creative officer of Havas and superb swearer, was in conversation with Havas's head of strategy, Bridget Iverson. So we won the Asda account about 18 months, two years ago now. We shouldn't have won it. We were both new at Havas. <laughs> Uh, we've got no retail experience at Havas, but what we had is energy and an absolute, fuck it first swear, for, <laughs> for absolute love for the Asda customer. And apparently that swept everything else aside and, and that carried us through. And really this is just a very quick presentation just to bring to life how our approach in the middle of all the crises, whatever the plural of crises is um, that we're going through at the moment, the cost of living crisis, the energy crisis, the governmental crisis, the crisis of creativity, why we decided to try to save Christmas with a 20-year-old film with a middle-aged man in tights. <laughs> so, so strap in, hang on, and we'll take you through it. <laughs> So here we go. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is by singing loud for all to hear. We went out and talked to our customers and we went out on the shop floor with our trolleys and literally just spoke to them firsthand. Right? And they were like, regardless of what is going on, you don't fuck with Christmas. We're not going to skimp on anything, don't care if we go into debt, we're going to deliver our loved ones, the best fucking Christmas that they are, they are going to get. The emotion that they delivered that message with us just literally spoke loud and clear. 
right? It's never just about the turkey, yeah? It's about heart. Christmas is about heart, and that is where we can play. You know, as the very, very, very savvy retailers, you know, their customers feel the pinch more than, let's say, Waitrose customers do. So they knew that this was going to be quite a crunchy kind of like time for them but they know their customer better than anybody any other brand I've ever worked with and they are like yeah okay we're with you we're with you with the lols and so that's how elf came about there's a whole sea of sameness when you do Christmas advertising when that brief hits you you are like okay turkey family together lights tinsel baubles mending fences, all of this stuff. And we knew that we've played, in that, we've played in that space before, but when you see it cold in June, May or June, it really galvanises that when you, haven't, when you can't outspend them, you have to outcreate them. And we have to, as, one, as probably one of the smallest retailers in terms of spend, we have to cut through there, right? And yes, we can play... You know, the tropes that you do, you know, the charity angle. We can play the kind of like the bringing people together angle. We can play all of these angles. But it didn't feel like Asda. And remember, we're only 18 months in, so we're trying to find Asda's tone of voice. But if you you walk into Asda, you can feel that there's an energy, right? There are lulls there. And we wanted to bring that out of the shop floor and onto the screen and beyond. So when you go to Christmas and you go, what, what's, what are your favourite things about Christmas? It's not about togetherness. It's not about bringing the family around the table. And it's not about the charades. It's about the films and the lols and the presents and the food. And so we started to dig into that. And we're like, OK, let's talk about films. Elf. And we're like, yeah, well, God, wouldn't it be good? Wouldn't it be good if we could but we knew we couldn't, right? Because Will Ferrell doesn't do anything. He hasn't allowed it. There's never been an elf. There'll never be elf two. He's got an embargo on it. It's like, that was my film. Nobody's going to mess with it, so we're not going to do a sequel. And you're like, okay, that's fine. He's not going to dress up in tights. He'd got a film coming out called Spirited Away. Not as good as ours, but I'll, um, I'll give him that. And then we're like, but what if we took all of those best things with elf? Right, so we knew that if we took some of those really killer moments, could we take that 20-year-old film and drop him in an Asda? And the beauty about working, working with Asda is that you can take anything to them. And they were like, shit, could we do it? Could we take Christmas icon that's 20 years old using today's technology, drop him into... The, the Asda in, where was it, at Watford, yeah? And can we get him to kind of, like, serve customers? So then we're like, fuck. But then you bring in the rational bit. He's green. The uniform's already <laughs> there. He's helpful. He's optimistic. He loves he's act- Asda. He loves <laughs> Asda, yeah. He's, he's actually, he's a perfect fit. So it started to make sense, but still... Hand on heart, and I've said this, 98% sure that they would never buy it. Or we couldn't do it. Or Willard say no. And then the Christmas, you know, the Christmas elves got behind us, and no's started turning into maybes. 
and maybes started turning into yeses. Uh, an email or a voicemail from Will was the first thing I woke up to in the morning, and it was the last thing I went to sleep at night. It was a fucking nightmare. <laughs> Writing against what Will had already said. And he was... And he always wrote in third person, didn't he? Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Buddy would never do this. <laughs> right? But, oh, no, no, no. We can't have Buddy eating a, a pig in blanket. What is a pig in blanket? Well, it's a sausage wrapped in... Oh, Buddy would never eat those because Buddy only eats from five major food groups. Right? <laughs> and so Asda are like, oh, yes, of course, because he loves maple syrup. We've got a maple syrup-covered pig in blanket. Thank you. Result. <laughs> so things started to happen, which is lovely. And like I say, the no's turned into maybes, and then the maybes started turning into yes. And then three-quarters of the way through production, and we're starting to see it all come together the sudden realisation of if we get this wrong we are fucking with the nation's favourite film but it was too late then so we went fuck it we just did it <laughs> you can't get half pregnant when you, when you get an idea like that so we went, into, we went into media, we put wanted ads in, we needed a new... We wanted kind of people that love Christmas as much as we do. We got, I think we've got 500 people yeah. apply with those ads. They all, tell a lie, 80% got jobs in Asda. Some of them had got ASBOs, so uh, we... Uh, <laughs> but, you know, and then literally put saying, we've found somebody, he's really good, you'll understand. When you meet him, da-da-da-da-da, and played those out. And the nation got behind us, which was amazing. And when you punch out of your category and into culture, that's when we really knew that a buddy was going to work. I mean, there's, there's something really nice about when you, when you write a line like, have your elf a Merry Christmas. I know, 30 years of long <laughs> copy ads out of the window for a fucking pun. Not as good as Elf Checkout, though. Come on. I mean, it was, it was great. When you see somebody wandering around wearing your line on a shirt, it's that's so quite powerful. special, isn't it, in a really weird yeah. way? It's also thinking about audiences. You know, Asta employs more people than the armed forces. Yeah. So using those hundreds of thousands of people to actually, A, feel proud and confident where they are, but help spread it, help be our media outlet in many, many ways. When you capture your internal audience, it trans sends into tills ringing because they are proud of what they're Have you seen our new ad? Right, we're literally, you know, we're, we're after shoppers, so we go in, have you seen our new ad? Oh, and you really want to go, actually, I did it. Uh, because you might be able to jump the queue, but you can't because you sound like a twat. But we were, like, super, super happy with how it landed, and especially when you get stuff like this. Your face has been everywhere in the UK currently right. as part of the new Christmas advert with Asda. The big supermarket. Otherwise known as the ASDA. Yeah. <laughs> right. Did you, did you know about Asda before you'd seen the advert? That's my favorite place to shop. Yeah? In all okay. of the UK. Yeah. <laughs> I'd make a beeline. I'd go straight from Heathrow to the nearest Asda. Asda. Yeah. <laughs> and just load up on bulk items. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Perfect. Yeah, I thought uh, so. No, I actually... No, I'd never heard of it. <laughs> no, but, but it's, uh, it's an incredible advert. But it was a great, yeah, it was a great campaign. And, and I know they, they've done some really cool things for yeah. the community during COVID. Yeah. And, and it, it, was a, it was kind of a, a, a great concept to be a part of. It was amazing. To be fair, the yeah. best Christmas advert this year. Oh, I mean, good. Do, do you realise how big Christmas adverts are over here in the UK? I'm, I'm, I'm 
getting some sort of like idea. Like Christmas <laughs> number one. Looking into from. the glint of your eyes. <laughs> yes. yes. So that's a big deal. The, the Christmas... Uh, it's like Super Bowl ads. Yeah. It America. is. Okay. It's the exact same. Okay. And this year, you you announced I'm, I'm those so far, I'm so far number one. Yes. Mm -hmm. oh. Yes, indeed. Okay. And see, you laughed at my ASDA, A-S-D-A, pronounced. But yeah. I actually, I do love ASDA. And I, I see Octavia where Octavia really loves ASDA, like for real. But I didn't know yeah. it was called ASDA. I was calling uh, it the ASDA. <laughs> <laughs> You get the idea. Well, it's really important, obviously, is we're not just doing this for laughs. We're doing this to create an impact. And the whole point of it was to, A, give audiences, people, something they can look forward to, that make them feel proud. Go to Asta, obviously, and think better of Asta. That's starting from a back foot with a way less to spend. So System 1 did all this amazing research, and we got an email from them a couple of days after saying they'd never seen an ad like it in terms of getting that great emotional response within the first few seconds of this ad being on air, and then retaining it throughout the whole period. People loved it. And when you get this, waiting for John Lewis, but the thoughts at the moment, there's nothing tops this ad. Could this get any better? Congratulations, Asda, you just made 2022 a whole lot more elfy. In the Battle for Christmas ad, Buddy wins every time. Brilliantly done, I love it. I mean, for somebody that was literally shitting themselves because we've taken the best Christmas film and they, people could have come after us, they came with us. And I think as a creative agency, we couldn't have, uh, we couldn't have wanted any more. There you go. And finally, does somebody need a hug? <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. My name's Hannah Lurie. I'm the head of consumer marketing at Rightmove. Oh, brilliant. Wow. I recently moved with Rightmove, so thank you for your help. You're welcome. <laughs> and what did you enjoy most about this morning's talks? Well, we were just talking about it, actually. I think it's really great when you come here, you're expecting a lot of media insight and understanding. But what was fantastic was getting the, um, the guys from Habas talking about Elf and Ross from the BBC. I think yeah. that kind of thing always triggers different thoughts and ideas. And it's less, I suppose, standard versus the kind of content you might expect at a media conference. So I love those. So who am I speaking with? Justin Taylor, Managing Director of Teeds. Oh, very good. And you guys are really involved in Media360 this year. Yeah, do you know, we love Media360. It's such a good mix of clients, agencies, suppliers coming together in the sunshine of Brighton, which is lovely. I know. We talk about lots of really good, interesting things relevant for our industry. Yeah, and it's so nice having everyone under one roof and getting to mingle. It is. Everyone under one roof uh, mingling. And it's one of those events where everyone wants to talk to each other as well. Yeah. And not just about sort of you know, the industry we're in, but yeah, how we can better it as well. Yeah. And have, what kind of talks have you been to over the last couple of days? What have you enjoyed? So myself, yeah. <laughs> The ones I've enjoyed, they're, they're some really, they've been some really interesting ones. They're trying to understand, you know, trust at the moment, CTV, what's going on in that world. It's like a whole new sort of dimension of advertising that's coming yeah. out now. Um, but just generally sort of, you know, coming back to what I said earlier is how are we increasing, you know, the, the benefits of what we're doing in the industry for, you know, for everyone, not just for those that are working in it. Yeah, and in these weird times as well, and with all the innovations that have won to, all at once, it's good that everyone's kind of talking to each other and being like, what are you doing and what the hell is AI? <laughs> exactly. And yeah. I, I think that's the thing is, yeah, AI is coming up more and more. Uh, we're hearing it. But things like CTV are uh, coming through. You know, at Tease, we're talking around sort of omni-channel. Mm. Uh, this whole notion of thinking about what happens on you know, your, your whole day, yeah. not just you know, on the big screen, small screen. You know, yeah. It's about how we sort of engage these different touch points at different yeah. times. How we bring media creative together again I think again Media360 is doing very well it's got a great mix of people that's not just thinking about one dimension it's thinking yeah. about yeah, yeah, four dimensions yeah. yeah 
All right, well, thank you so much, Justin. That was great. Now another of the sessions. Gronje Wafer, Diageo's Global Director for Beer, Baileys and Smirnoff, talked about how a campaign suddenly emerged and went viral during COVID. And part of making Brilliant Creative is about optimising it, right? And increasingly we have the tools to optimise that live in real time. And that, you know, again is, you know, I think very exciting because who doesn't want to make your work better? Who doesn't want to hear from a consumer exactly how they're responding to that work? And I'll share an example actually maybe from Guinness in COVID. And I think it sort of brings to life this sort of sense of that proximity to consumers, being able to read those data signals and how it can unlock great creative. Um, and what we could see is, if you, I, I hate to bring back the bad old days of COVID, but <laughs> if you can remember when we were all uh, sitting at home and the only thing we were really thinking about was, oh my goodness, wouldn't it be just so fantastic to be in a local with your mates, right? Like, and that started to really capture an imagination. And what we could see is that people were starting to imagine that they could see Guinness in everyday life, right? So people were uploading pics to their social feeds on a white cat on a black sofa and going, is it just me or does that look like a Guinness? <laughs> you know, a girlfriend with rock-side blonde hair and a black pole neck. I think my girlfriend turning into a pint of Guinness. Um, We just loved this, and we were getting this data fed through, so we said, actually, we need to respond to it. Our amazing agency of, whatever, 25-odd years, AMV, who actually we share as an agency, responded to that and took it into a whole campaign that was looks like a Guinness. So, And that, again, really struck a chord. You know, we had people telling us they were crying watching it, and it kind of stood for everything people were hoping for, that sense of, you know, social return and being with friends and, and, and everything. And, and I think that's the combination of that, like, precision data, real time, and then you translate that into something that, you know, is a much bigger cultural moment. So, uh, and that, I think that is real power. And I'm Jeff DeBerker, and I'm Joint Chief Strategy Officer at Essence Mediacom UK. Yeah, um, so I think one of the learnings from, for me over the last few years is how surprisingly resilient the UK is. I mean, I've been glued to the YouGov mood data since the, the start of COVID. And I think it's fascinating that every time a new crisis emerges, there's a big dip in mood straight away, but we bounce back really quickly. And that happiness is the sort of number one mood almost all year round, despite everything the world throws at us. And I think the, the same is true of the marketing community, of advertisers, of agencies, of our media suppliers, that we've been hit by so many crises over the last decade and a half uh, that we've become more agile than we were before. We've got better and more sophisticated at measuring what we do, proving the value of advertising to our um, financial colleagues. Um, We're better at using data, different types of data, first-party data, third-party data, to understand how to better reach different target groups. And we've got better at balancing brand and performance. And as a result, I think we're seeing that advertising spend, certainly from the more sophisticated advertisers we work with, is holding up better and actually more than um, some, some, some of the more negative forecasts we saw at the end of last year. Actually, some of our biggest advertisers are increasing spend this year off the back of great results. Uh, and going into the second half of this year, I think uh, you know, consumer confidence has already re- rebounded by more than 20 points off its record low, even though inflation hasn't gone down and interest rates haven't gone down. And I think lots of people are preparing themselves, protecting and want to have a really strong Christmas. You know, it is a time, as Hamas was just saying, it's a time of real joy. I think people will want to have great Christmas, and lots of our advertisers, lots of our client partners are, are looking to be, to be increasing spend for the back half of the year. Like the optimism. Day two now, and trust was a recurring theme of the conference. It was a topic of conversation in a special session between independent marketing and advertising professional Peter Field, 
Wavemaker's Head of Strategy and Planning in the UK, Elliot Millard, Helen Jeremiah, the VP of Marketing at Boots, and Nikki West, the Client Services and Strategy Director at Newsworks, all chaired by Gideon Spanier, the Editor-in-Chief of Campaign. We've known for years that the context in which we see ads really influences consumers' response. That is, you know, it's not new news. The way we're talking about it is as if this is, whoa, this is some <laughs> sensational new finding. I mean, when I first started working in advertising, which is some decades ago, this was well-known then. But it was a touchy-feely kind of thing. Media planners would make their decisions about where to put ads based on their gut feel for the environment in which it was going to be and whether it would sit happily with that brand and the message of that ad. Now in the kind of uh, white-hot buying world we are now, we need to get the metrics in place to support those kinds of judgments. So when we move from impressions to perhaps a kind of attention-moderated kind of... We also need another metric in there, which is what about the quality of the environment? Mm. So catching an attentive moment of somebody's eyeball on... Platform A will not necessarily deliver the same value to an advertiser as that same attentive moment on platform B because the trust context could be very different. And we see that in the IPA data already. And actually, I suspect uh, more trust, less attention is better than more attention, less trust. It'd be, be, be a great that, finding, that wouldn't it? But yeah. I mean, my, the two are going to. Yeah. Nevertheless, we would ideally like the two, of course, to be you know yeah. happy bedfellows, wouldn't and, they, I think? Um, Helen, you're the advertiser. You've got the budget. What's your ask potentially for your agency and media partners to help you? Because you want, to an extent, you want to help them, but you you really need the help. What would help you to sort of make the case of? Peter's talked about some metrics there, that quality of environment. Is there anything obvious? Yeah, I mean, quality of environment, obviously, really, really critical. And I think when we're working with our media agency, we will talk about the messages that we want to portray, how best to do that message as well, because I think some of the digital online platforms enable us to tell a slightly broader story, maybe a little bit more information in Mm. there. And it can be difficult to control the context sometimes, you know. Um, I, was, I was thinking about this yesterday. If there were a story on hygiene poverty, for example, you wouldn't want to place an advert about buying an expensive fragrance. So, And we can't always, as a brand, control that environment that that goes into. So I think, you know, our request of um, our partners in the agencies is to always help us understand where's the best fit for our brand like what kind of stories are going to be told, you know, what's an amazing placement for us to get many of our different messages out there. Absolutely understanding that we can't always be really clear about where that might be. But I think it was interesting what Nikki was saying. Um, A brand like Boots, I think, is really strong on all of them, but that risk is really high for us. You know, we're one of the most trusted brands on the high street and... You've only got to be placed in the wrong place once and that can have a massive detrimental impact on the brand. And so our request is always help us to help prevent that happening. Hi, I'm Jane. <laughs> and where are you? Do you work, Jane? I work at Kia. Oh, oh at Kia, yes. 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 I've been in a brainstorm or two about you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, which of the talks are you had this morning? So I've been at quite a few of the talks this morning. Been really, really interesting, really insightful. Great. I think probably the one which I found most interesting was obviously the VOD and all of the TV element. Yeah. Um, 
I think the big thing is that it can be so complimentary. We're already doing a lot of that already, but I think people do think that you've got to look at them in isolation in terms of connected TV. That you know, connected TV is so powerful. So for us. That's something that was really insightful. I always really love the Kia ads are great. Yes. And that seven year warranty is forever in my head. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm glad that you remember that. That's, That's what I think. <laughs> Hi, I'm Helen Jeremiah. I'm marketing director for Boots. Boots do a lot of things to promote trust. I know it's a big heritage brand, like I have Bootsguard, but how do you cultivate that with your customers? Well, obviously, uh, I mean, the brand's over 170 years old, as you said. I'm one of the most trusted brands on the high street. So my job as brand comes and customer experience director is to make sure that we maintain that trust, you know, never put that trust at risk, ensure all of the campaigns are really honest, authentic, you know, exactly what our customers would expect from us as a brand. Yeah, and I think the staff really personify that as well. Uh, Our staff are... They are our brand, you know, Mm. the amount of stories we get every day about the impact that the colleagues have had on Mm. people, you know, we get letters to our chief exec talking about how they've saved people's lives and all of that, and honestly, it's a proper goosebump moment when when you read them. And I always feel like it when you're in a booth story, you could ask all of them for a hug. I I don't know if that's just like the the marketing that's around it, but I just think, yeah, the people really personify the company and it's great I think that's wonderful actually we've got an initiative called Hug actually which is part of which is part of how you know the colleagues want to be so Mm. yeah you know be happy understand the needs and then give solutions so yeah and what are some of the campaigns that you've worked on that you're proud of or one of your most that you learned the most from Obviously proud of all of the campaigns, like I've been in Boots a long time, so um, like we're doing a lot to modernise the brand at the moment, so um, we did a big piece when we came out of Covid, which was around how the brand had reinvented itself, um, you know, bought on loads of new beauty brands, loads of new health support for people, obviously the support during Covid was phenomenal because yeah. we remained open. I was also involved in Hick on the Girls years ago, and oh, that yes. was like really, really Love fun to work on. <laughs> So, like, I feel like we've evolved Mm. as the sort of the nation has evolved and the customer need has has changed. And I think think in marketing you learn every day, Mm -hmm. absolutely every day. Like, there's there's never nothing to learn. Like, even being here, you know, listening to the conversations. And I think it's so right about the, what you're saying about bringing the new brands into store. Like, I was only recently in the Covent Garden store and, like, Fenty and everything. Like, I feel like it's really evolved in the sense that it still owns its own history but then there's all these other new brands that are under the boots name and I think it's great because you can kind of you can go in for a sandwich maybe some sushi and also get your mascara <laughs> I think that was what's the best thing about boots you know um, exactly like you say you come in for your lunch you might need an emergency health something mm-hmm. or the latest product that's just launched that's great and finally you guys there was a podcast you guys did recently with Vogue Williams that was a really interesting concept were you involved in it yes yes my team run that that podcast it's called Taboo Talks um, we're on our fourth series now yeah. that's about opening up the conversation in health topics mm-hmm. um, because there's so much that people are frightened to talk about there are thousands of solutions that we can provide for mm-hmm. loads of unmet needs that are still largely unknown about yeah. So we wanted to have that conversation in a really authentic way. Like honest. Honest. Like, honest. Yeah, but not everything in a all fun and uplifting. You know, I think communicating healthcare can be more challenging. You know, you don't want to always 
being really upbeat if we're talking about, you know, Macmillan support or things like that. But I think Taboo Talks has enabled us to have really honest, open conversations about what people go through. Mm. There's like a whole parenting thing when you get the... That's why the parenting podcasts do so well, because yeah. people want to talk about he- the good right. and the bad. Yes. And like, yes. Yeah, yeah, there's a lovely community. That's that. right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Thank you so much for your time. That's been Thank really you so much. Lovely. There we go. I hope you enjoyed that short highlights reel of Media 360 here in Brighton. And we look forward to bringing you our one-to-one conversations with marketing leaders over the next few episodes. If you'd like to explore podcasts for yourself or your brand, please do get in touch with us, freshairproduction.co.uk. And in the meantime, I'm Neil Cowling. Goodbye and thank you very much for listening. Fresh Air.